Mm-hmm. So, so fun. I, you, you can tell all, all of you guys are married with no kids or new. <laughs> yeah, what's going on with the Atkins yeah. household tonight? Let's like, see. We're free? It is 617. So from about 530 to 7:30 is an absolute war zone. Uh, <laughs> you're just trying to survive. So we yeah. still appreciate you taking the time. How many kids you have? I have uh, two and one on the way. This is the Northwest Arkansas Investing Podcast, episode seven, Seven. and we have our first guest, Kyle Atkins, on. He is the owner and broker of Arkansas Real Estate Group, former Arkansas Razorback, and a father of two, husband of Katie. Soon to be three, yeah. So, Kyle, uh, let's just start with, uh, I guess, a little synopsis background of you what you've done uh what you're doing right now um it can be paragraph three sentences whatever you think yeah so um in short i I grew up in arkansas um i grew up in a family that was around real estate my dad um had bought some rental properties early on uh, mostly foreclosures and so uh lower income uh rental properties was kind of what i was accustomed to growing up helping him um Came to Northwest Arkansas to play baseball uh, in 2009. I've been here pretty much ever since. Um, I've always loved business. Um, I've always had real estate in the back of my mind. Um, I've always been geared more entrepreneurial. Um, Starting a baseball academy when I came up here. um, Mm -hmm. Learned some hard lessons. Bought some uh, businesses that... Probably wouldn't have if I could go back and do that again, but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take back the lessons. Do you have any insights on what businesses not to buy right now? Uh, my business advice for now would Storage. be don't buy. Storage. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't buy. Don't buy anything that you're not good at. If you if you can't step so not to, to drag it out, but uh, yeah, I I bought a hair salon. No. Oh wow, I did. Oh I I thought. Um, <laughs> How hard can this be? I I walked in there. There was um, there was a lady that I knew. She was super kind, and um, unfortunately, she she had just been diagnosed with cancer. And Mm -hmm. so, long story short, I'm in there one day, and she's like, "This place is for sale. You got somebody's got to buy it." And I was like, "Well, what do you want for it?" And she told me. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm a real estate guy, so I'm going, "Well, this is just booth rent. Like this is just an apartment complex, Mm -hmm. except for." you need to be able to cut hair. So easy, I'm young. Easy. I was, I was young and dumb and, uh, <laughs> you got me convinced I'm that, right now. that was the last time that I'll go home and tell my wife we bought something uh, without, uh, sounds like uh, a YouTube rabbit hole potentially. And so, yeah, so I learned a lot of lessons and, uh, it's not exactly like real estate, but somewhat. And, um, yeah, we got out of that. So nice. that's, that's yeah. awesome. So I don't do that anymore. Uh, but yeah, so now I'm uh, owner and broker of the Arkansas real estate group here in Northwest Arkansas. And uh, that's where we are today. Right across from Wright's Barbecue and Johnson, if you don't know where that is. And I am, we're just going to get Kyle's hot take on what he thinks of the current market conditions. There's a lot of opinions floating out there right now in the real estate sphere about good, bad, and different. Um, 
I personally, so I, I work for Kyle, um, at his brokerage with uh, not for, I wait, I work with Kyle and I really trust what he thinks about the market. And I think you guys should as well. So Kyle, what, what do you think about the current market situation with all the opinions and everything going out right there? Um, I guess my, I would answer that by asking a question. Are we, are we talking specifically to the investor? Are we talking, um, market as a whole we're talking geared towards real estate investing um not not bitcoin investing but like (laughs) specifically uh if you're and and this is for our local audience so if you are an investor looking at the northwest arkansas market what do you think of the current market conditions would you buy would you not pros cons yeah so I, i would start by saying i think when you have the investment conversation in general i think one thing that everybody that likes to do, especially if you're kind of a novice um, at it or, or well, not so much, but if, if you're trying to, to understand it, I, I think you have to break it down because you can't just throw all real estate markets into one market. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are sub markets inside of the market. For example, um, Northwest Arkansas is a place where warehouse space is just tapped out. I mean, there is no vacancy whatsoever. So mm-hmm. to, to, to throw a blanket statement out there and say, this is what investing looks like in Northwest Arkansas. That's, right. that's really hard yeah. uh, to say just because, so I guess what I'm about to say is not indicative of every market, but what I would say from an investment standpoint is I would say if you're, if you're waiting for a specific time in a market to start investing, you're probably not a real estate investor, right? There's, there's a deal that can be found in every market. Mm-hmm. Now, some are certainly more favorable than others. Um, don't get me wrong. Interest rates have made things very difficult. I think you have to take a step back and I think you have to look um, at things from a macroeconomic standpoint. You can't um, here in Northwest Arkansas, there's this thing that's floated around. That's like, Oh, we're insulated. We live in Northwest Arkansas. There's so many good things going on. And like, you have to pull back a little bit, right? Because yes, it's a wonderful place to live, but um, like the banks don't care. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like you're, you're not, necessarily insulated and to, to the point where, uh, you're bulletproof, right? We do have some things that work to our favor and have more opportunities that come our way, but, um, the interest rates have made it hard. And so it depends on, um, really what you're looking to do, uh, what you're looking to get into. Yeah. Um, I think the opportunities have become a little bit more limited, but to the investor, I would say, don't wait for a certain time to start investing. I'm not telling you to go out and just start buying property, but I'm, I am saying there is a deal to be found in every market or one to be created or opportunity to be created. So don't wait for a specific time to get started. Um, yeah. Well, how, how important do you think it is in a time right now? You just said something about creating deals is, you know, looking at a lot of deals, but then I think right now, maybe potentially you can't just look at a deal 80, 20 with a bank at 7%, like cut and dry. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go buy it. Yeah. You've got to be a little creative. How important do you think that is of like finding your, the right angle? Well, that's what I love about young investors is as we stay at our office, <laughs> rule number one is nobody has any money, right? Yeah. So you better be creative uh, or you're going to be stuck not doing a lot. Um, I think it's really important. I think there's opportunity. Um I did something last year to where, um, there was a warehouse here. I knew a business that was looking for a space and I have a real estate investor. The business wanted no part of the ownership of the place. So we bought the, uh, warehouse through the investor 
brought the business together, met their needs, put a new deal on paper. He turned around and sold it at a brand new appraisal price. And this was in a matter of 90 days. Wow. He's happy. I'm happy. Like those are the types of deals where you have to get creative and you start having to try to create opportunity. And I think it's, I think it's really important, especially in, in times like this where you can't just run out and house hack everything and keep moving. Yeah. You can't. I'm just, don't tell me that. No, no comment. I love, I love moving to a million dollar home. No, that's great for the young for the young investor or even the old investor that is just getting started. What? How would how would you tell them to begin to churn up a deal, or how would you yeah. tell them to get their feet wet? I mean, is it still house hacking, or is it is there I mean, how, how should they be looking at the market um, to chase down a new deal? I don't think it has to be house hacking. I think um, I, th- I think you have to shift your thinking a little bit, right? We It's really easy to get programmed into 80-20. This is how this works. Um, you move over here. You live here for this long. You do this. You, you do that. Like, in fact, I would say house hacking might not be it right now. I mean, I, I just tried to do this for someone here in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, for example, we just looked at a place in um, West Fayetteville. You know, I mean, $330,000, what, what they were approved for. I mean, by the time they close that deal, your, your monthly P&I and, you know, not giving yourself any contingencies, 1900 bucks a month. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't do that. The way that I did it and the way that I still do it, and this is kind of the way that... I lived, um, and I can talk about my first deal in a little bit. That's how I kind of got to this mindset. But, um, I think that you as a young person, when you don't have money and you don't have, um, and when I'm saying you don't have money, I mean like I'm talking big money to where you can get into different deals and things like that, that hopefully will come down your path. Talking like 20% down type money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, you, if you can't do that, I think you have to shift your thinking. I think you have to start looking at how do I make other people money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how do I make other people money? Because if I'm creating profit for other people, they're in turn going to want to be a part of what I'm doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to stop looking at it at like, okay, what is the end for me? And then start looking at it in, in terms of maybe that looks like a partner. Um, maybe that looks like my first deal um, that I did, uh, which was totally backwards. But um, I, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's, those are the types of things that I think you have to start doing. I think you have to stop, you have to get outside of yourself a little bit and what's, what's my end goal. And you start, have to start looking at how can I create these, these really important partnerships um, that I can figure out ways to make other people money. So you're, so you're saying, you're saying find, you can go out there and find the deal. And if the deal is right, you can find the money. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, you you know, that's the name of the game, right, um, is to find the money. So so I'll just peel, peel back the curtain on my very first deal that I did. I mean, our, our very first deal. Deal deep dive into Kyle's yeah, first, was, first uh, deal. Yeah, um, well, it was the very first deal my wife and I, there was a house hack. I mean, just kind of like everybody else, it was a long time ago. Um, I mean, at that point, you couldn't even put 5% down. You had to go 10 So. <laughs> Um, oh, so, some of your listeners probably have never seen a day that you couldn't put three or 5% down. So, um, but what, what happened was there was a family friend that I knew, um, I played baseball. They, they kind of wanted me to help out with some lessons and things. Um, and the lessons at the time were something that I was doing as a side hustle. And I really loved the family. I didn't want to take money from them 
for something that I was doing on the side. And, um, so I, you know, I was sitting there and they they kept saying, we'll pay whatever you want, you know? And it, it wasn't, it's not that it wasn't worth my time. I just didn't want to pull money directly out of their pocket. And so what I did is I went back to them and I said, Hey, why don't you just be my business partner? And they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I didn't want a business partner in the real estate specifically because it was such a small deal. So what I did was I said, you look through your investment portfolio and you see, you know, in your diversification, where's the lowest return on what you're getting and what's that money? And um, at the time, this was, I don't even remember what year it was ago. It was a long time ago. Um, I think they had a deal they were getting three and a half percent. And I said, uh, you know, it was probably bonds or something that the money was diversified in. And I said, I, I give you four, seven, five today. What if you pull the money out, have it real estate back? You be the mortgagee. I own the real estate. I do everything there. I pay you a percent and a half more. You're getting, you're getting what you want out of the deal. I'm getting what I want out of the deal. And that's how the first deal happened. Brilliant. Yeah, that's awesome. And since then, you know, it's turned into a couple, you know, because once you do that, then that first deal that you start getting going, it eventually got cashed out, refied, and moved on to the next place. Gained some trust. Yeah. Was it was your, was the first deal pretty, uh, like a small deal? Like it was. A it, was family? A, it was a single family house, um, actually over off of, by, across the street from the new police station here in Fayetteville. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Man, I love that idea, and, and we kind of touched on a couple episodes ago, but there there's no shortage of older the older generation with just money, and they don't want to have to actively manage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess we touched on it earlier also, but like if you can bring that value of you go to them and just put it all out there and tell them like, Hey, I can easily get you a, a better return mm-hmm. and you're not investing in this real estate. You're investing in me right now. Um, I think you, like, that's just crushing. Well, and two, when you take it a step higher than that, you take high net worth people that have money. They don't necessarily want to be involved in the real estate yeah. because the deals are so small. They don't want any piece of the ownership because it exposes so much liability to it's not moving the needle for them. Yeah. Right. So if they can be the bank, they don't have to expose themselves and the liability. And it's a game changer for you. Like you know, it. you yeah. get you get to be the owner. You get to make the decisions. You get to, you know, add do a value add. You get to do, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. They get to do better than what they were doing, but they don't expose themselves differently. In worst case scenario for them, you crash and fall. They're the mortgagee of a real estate deal that's paid for. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think too, you mentioned, you mentioned uh high net worth individuals and, and what you're talking about is you're borrowing the money from them and paying them a return. But I think sometimes high net worth individuals don't realize how many tax benefits are there with real estate. And so if they're a partnered in on the deal, not only are they making whatever return they're making that depreciation and, and interest write off on, on the, on the real estate too, which a lot of people don't even know that exists, which is crazy to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and to take that a step further, like not going to give tax advice. So go ask yeah. your, uh, tax <laughs> accountant, not CPAs. CPAs. I'm not a CPA. Not CPAs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think to take it a step further, if some of your listeners want to dig even deeper into it is figure out, you know, what's required by you to be considered a tax profession. I mean, a, a real estate professional with the, you know, on your tax return with the IRS, because the benefits are even greater there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why that's you a whole, that's a whole episode. That is a whole I'll back episode. <laughs> how, how deep was your analysis on that first deal? I mean, you talked about it was, it was a house hack, but, um, and you, and you went to, to a family friend, um, asking for the money. I mean, how deep was your analysis or was it, 
pretty high level and maybe you thought you could get more or maybe you really didn't know it was kind of uncharted waters for you what what was the analysis like for you i guess underwriting process yeah like did you know what you were doing at that point or did did you know the return that you no gonna get? no that's rule number two in real estate no one knows what they're doing <laughs> uh, zach's rule uh, of real estate yeah 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 um, no I, I i here's the thing um I did. Luckily for me, I had someone in, in my corner that said, Hey, you know, what do you think you're going to get? And why don't you knock a couple hundred bucks off of that and see what it looks like. Um, and I, that was kind of like the extent of the insight. Um, but I did know there was some money that was going to have to go into it. I knew a few things like that. Um, I would say I was pretty green in that area. Um, but I had, a I had a decent idea of what I could get as a return. Um, so to answer your question at the time, it, I did what I felt like I needed to do to, to know that the thing would cash flow. Now, looking back, um, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, looking back, um, I would 100% have bought the deal again. Now, there's some things I would have done differently, um, just like everything, but without question, I would have bought the deal again. I got a, I got a quick question for you. Do you have something... And I'm going to most likely think it's yes. Do you have something in your portfolio that you bought or something you've bought in the past that you got into and you're like, oh, crap, I besides the hair salon, besides the hair salon <laughs> that you underwrote and were like, OK, this is what it checks out at. And then you got into it and you're like, no, this is not it. And that's great if you don't. Um, no. That's no, wonderful. I don't. Um, Praise God. I, I, I mean, I, I wish I could say yes. I mean, there was. No, we want you to say no. That be, yeah. Um, I, I wish I had, you know, some, some Crazy. story to yeah. tell you. Um, but uh, no, I mean, the greatest advice that I got when I got started is um, real estate's not a place for your emotions. Like mm-hmm. the numbers are what the numbers are. They either work or they don't. Doesn't matter how much you love the property or how involved you want to be in a sector of the real estate, your emotions don't matter. Yeah. It's so hard to, to think about that, especially when you're young and getting started. I mean, all of us are just so hungry to buy a deal mm-hmm. and, and uh, sometimes can overlook some of the cost or some of the struggles that can come with it. And so, um, well, I think the the biggest misconception too, for young people is that something's getting away from you. 100%. Right. I didn't, I didn't buy my first deal, which was my house that I lived in that I house hacked until I was 25. And, and what, what happens is, is people, um, they just completely underestimate what can happen over the course of five to seven years mm-hmm. and overestimate whatever it is they're going to do in a year. Right. Yeah, true. And then you get yeah. to the end of the year, like just give it time. Um, you know, give, give time, time to, to do what it does. And, um, I think you'd be surprised if, if you're consistent and diligent, I think you'll be surprised at whatever portfolio you end up with. Yeah. I love that. I've heard a lot of comments from uh, people over over the last few weeks with our first episodes coming to me and going like, man, I feel like I'm behind. And I, I quote you all the time. Like you're not behind. You are not because I, I personally always, I always feel behind and all these guys on the show can agree with me. Like we probably all feel behind and which is probably somewhat a little healthy in some instances, like it's going to drive us to get stuff. Um, but knowing that we're not, and as long as we're consistently yeah. pushing, I have, to, I have to check myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I have a question coming up about rent prices, but like we are a lot of my rentals, the, the rent has increased drastically. Um, 
due to shortage and inflation, a hyper baby that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm like, man, if I had three more of these, like this would be incredible. Yeah. Why didn't I buy more? three years ago. Sure. So hindsight's always 2020. Absolutely. I think the, the, um, the one piece of advice that I would give and, and something that I tell these guys a lot is, um, you have to have the willingness to buy everything that hits the market and the discipline to say no to every single one of them. Yeah. I like that. You know, so you don't have that yet. You're, you're in the hunt. You're, um, you're, you're always looking, you're always figuring out how to do it, but you have the discipline to say no to none of it man, or to any of them. Right. Yeah. So back to kind of the insulated market piece that we're talking about as things are tightening up a little bit and maybe cash flow isn't all there right now for, for us as investors, um, how much are you looking at just how, you know, we know that the growth is going to come in Northwest Arkansas in the next five, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it's going to continue to grow, even if inflation was at a normal rate of a couple percent every year. Um, how are you looking at it, at it as an investor and how are you advising your clients um, to look at it? If maybe cash flows either break even or, or maybe you're just really tight. Yeah. Um, or, are, are you advising them to pull the trigger right now? Or are you... Um, or, or so I'll answer, I'll answer that, um, what I'd say, and then I'd also be the devil's advocate to that. Um, yeah. man, if it don't cash flow, don't buy it. Oh. You could get stuck with something. And, uh, True. the thing with real estate is everybody has a great entry plan and nobody has an exit plan. Um, and that's how you get stuck with something. There's a phrase, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Um, your mom's going to be proud of this, but there's a phrase <laughs> in investing is called Tina. Are y'all familiar with that? I'm not. Yeah. Shout out Tina Stanley. Uh, shout out Tina Stanley. Yeah. Um, so Tina stands for, uh, there is no alternative. And so a lot of what, uh, you'll look at is, you know, when you're talking about deals like that, the, the second question that I would ask you in a, in a hyperinflation market or things like that is, you know, this is the devil's advocate side of me, right? Um, is I could easily flip the question back and say, well, if the alternative is that you're sitting there watching your money rot in the bank, um, then that would be a Tina play, right? Uh, you know, maybe you did buy something because there is no alternative. I, I mean, I, I, you know, as opposed to dumping money in a Roth or something like that over time, which one's going to perform better? Probably the real estate, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think just my advice right now is if you don't buy anything that you don't want for five years, yeah. if you don't want it for five years, don't buy that. Um, if you're okay having it for five years, knock yourself out. Like, you know, because it, it is cyclical. It, it does ebb and flow, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just see so many people, uh, we're getting ready to come up this summer and you're going to find everybody that decided it was a great idea to buy something last year and they've never gone through a releasing cycle. So they've never sat with a property empty for two months. Mm-hmm. Um, and they banked that $200 a month cash flow on, uh, you know, a, a, a property that, um, that they really wanted because they needed to make a move or whatever the case may be. And those rents are dependent upon sky high rents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what you were, that's, that's exactly what was, was a question I had coming up is like, I, I got super lucky with my timing when I bought, um, I had two single families that I rent out. And I mean, one of them was like 1600 square feet market rents were like 1400 and I was able to cash flow it. 
And now I have that place rented out for 1800 a month. And I'm like, oh, hey, if I can get 1800 then some of these deals are looking juicy. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as the development down the street's finished, uh, no, not a lot of people are looking to rent anymore because they can go get a house over there. You know? so is, it, is it more inflation? Is it the shortage of Northwest Arkansas? Like we're talking about being insulated in here. Is it a mix of both? Like, Yeah, I, I think it's a mix of both. Um, I mean... <laughs> what I'm about to say will get stones thrown at you, but, um, you yeah, know, the yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you look at the difference in the census from 29, you know, whatever the last one was prior to this one, like we're, it's growing, but yeah. it's not that different. Right. It's not that I mean the magnitude of what's there. It's not like we got 250,000 people. Um, you know, and you hear the conversations like, man, a thousand people from Tyson are moving to Northwest Arkansas. Like that kind of movement is great. It's great for the area. Um, but Northwest Arkansas is already big enough that a thousand people, that's kind of a molehill, right? It's it's weird to say, but I mean, it's just not a, it's not a, a big, it's not moving the needle a whole lot. Um, and so I, let me back that up by saying I love Northwest Arkansas, but some of the things that I hear on a daily basis, you know, if people say, well, this or that, it's like, man, you, you get caught like just in a situation expecting it to be something that, um, it's maybe not, but to answer your question about rents, I mean, I don't even think we're at the peak yet. Um, because, because rents are a lag. You know, you, you're, I don't know exactly what the number is. You guys can probably look it up, but I'm mean, like almost 40% of the CPI I think was, is value to rent rates, you know? So it's like to the rookies out there, what CPI is a uh, consumer price index. It's the thing that the, uh, government puts out whatever they want. And then value uh, rent rate. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you also have a lag on the rent rates and that's something that, you know, the rents are always last to catch up. So it's like, it's as juicy as it looks right now, but it's still coming. And the reason it's still coming is because you haven't even, you got, you got, you said you own a single family neighborhood at home in a neighborhood, right? So there's probably someone in the neighborhood that their lease term was six months after yours. And, and, and they're going to set the new record mm-hmm. and you're going to be sitting there, you know, they're going to be at 2000 a month and you're going, oh gosh, dang, I was thought, but, but the reality is, is you don't catch up until, because everything is on one year contracts. Yeah. You have to, you're sitting and waiting a year before that cycle really kicks through. And so, um, yeah, I think there's another hike probably coming. That's nice. Yeah, I rented something in November of last year, and between November and January, it went up twenty percent. The what I could yeah. get for the same, and really, and got it. You know, three months later, I was like, "Geez!" And I was like, "Man, I'm glad that November thing's on a short. I had like on a seven month lease or something." It's like, "Man, I'm glad because I'm about to bump that thing up." <laughs> now it makes me nervous. Cause, so I own a fourplex that's drastically under rented. Cause I bought it with leases in place mm-hmm. and now I'm like, do I just let them go month to month for a little bit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isaac or uh, Kyle, I think that was a fourplex. You, yeah, you, oh, yeah. you brokered that deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. We did that. Yeah. What a great place. Yeah. Oh, yeah it worked out fantastic. Yeah. I don't know what your rents are, but I can tell you what we're getting over there. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Take it's that been, offline. It's been good. Yeah. 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 Rent. Isaac's renters are listening to this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, your this is what your rent is gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> just so you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, everybody has their own opinion on that. My my, my theory is get it locked up for as long as you can, yeah. you know, and and keep you know, burden the hands better than two in the bush. 
Mm. Yeah. True. Mm. What time era is that? Is that We're phrase at, from? Uh, Thirty-two minutes. What time era is that phrase oh, from? I'm sorry. A bird in the hen is like two in the bush. Oh, dude, man, I'm I'm old. I'm like an old. old. <laughs> I've that's never prob- heard that before. <laughs> that's probably like, uh, yeah. Or as my dad would tell me, you can spit in one hand and wish in the other. See which one fills up first. <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah. So we're gonna get a, a little bit into uh, the body of this, um, and this is this is a broad question, which we we could break down a little bit and. I was thinking of you explaining why real estate investing over other forms of investing, because I'll have conversations with people and they're like, well, I just put my money in the stocks, Um, which, you know, as for me personally, I feel more comfortable putting my money in real estate because it's a asset that I can see and I don't have to, you know, wish or pray that Nancy Pelosi doesn't do something crazy and there goes all my money or, you know, whatever. Yeah. If Elon Musk tweets something, then it goes up or down. Um, But why would, what are like a few key points of why you, you decided, Hey, I'm going to choose real estate as a form of, you know, you're not, you're just you're basically just moving your money into something else but why why'd you choose real estate over doing other things first of all if we get any more political i'm gonna have to leave (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, um, no i I find myself referencing my dad a lot but um my dad we would have the same conversation he would say the difference is is i can ring the doorbell i can't ring my stock Mm -hmm. um you know i can put my hand on it and the reason that i do that and that i choose it um is because i have the ability to manipulate what's going on there um manipulates probably a bad word because it has a negative connotation but what i mean is is if things go bad and I need to just float it along, I just lower the rents. Um, mm-hmm. I have the ability to touch it. I have the ability to improve it. I have the ability to refinance it. I have the ability to, I have the, the options are, they can get lengthy as to what I have the ability to do inside of my own control. Um, and I don't have that in the stock market. I have mm-hmm. whatever someone else's wisdom is and, you know, um, and, and the other thing is too, is like, if you really have one at the end of the day, if you really want to get down to it, it's just take, take your own responsibility for your own financial future. Mm-hmm. Um, like well, take, that. take the responsibility for yourself. And, um, you know, like this is my theory is like, if, if you're, if you're a stockbroker or you're a financial advisor or you're investing, like those are great. I have some really great friends that are in that industry. Shout out Justin Boving, a uh, great dude. Uh, he and I have conversations all the time, uh, a lot of, about a lot of those things. My deal is on that side of it is I just can't, um, I, I can't make anything happen for myself in that market. And the reality is at the end of the day is like, I'm not going to, I don't want to hand my money to someone else. And then, because the thing is, if you hand it to them and it doesn't come back what you want it to be, you don't get to be mad at that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like mad at the air. Yeah. So you don't get to be mad at that guy. You just, and, and, I, and, and, and too, like I try to remain humble in the, in the conversation. I could fall flat on my face in real estate. Um, you know, there's risk out there, but at the end of the day, I think I would like to be able to put my hands on the risk and, and to maneuver things as the best I can. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, of course we're not, you know, demeaning anybody that, you know, if you're listening, you have all your money in stock markets, like great. But, um, I think it, do you think it's like a little bit of a personality thing too? Like, I think all of us, 
I have the, love stocks. Yeah. I prefer real estate, but I love stocks. I was really? a financial advisor for a year though. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, ha- I have thing and a portfolio. I mean, I have yeah. other things that, that I do. If, if I, I think the question you were asking was just what I, why would I choose it over that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's not that don't do the other thing at all. all. Yeah, you can you have access to both. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. And then there's other there's other forms of investing just besides uh stocks and uh horse races. Horse races. (laughs) Buying buying uh going to casino, you could do that. Buying businesses you don't need. (laughs) (laughs) Buying businesses, etc. So that that's great. I think another thing I, I was thinking of and um of course we're not CPAs, but there's huge tax benefits to owning real estate over stocks, correct? For sure. Yeah. And you can do um, cost segregation studies. You can depreciate your, your I'm, I'm, this is my first year seeing like how depreciation of my properties is helping me a lot of my taxes. So um, I think Kyle, you would agree with, there's also tax benefits as where other forms of investing, maybe not as much, correct? Absolutely. Um, you can go, you can go down the rabbit trail of, all that is all that's possible through those. I mean, what you just mentioned cost segregation studies. I mean, that's a, that's a conversation of its own. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's an episode of its own. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, little things like that, figuring out how to meet the requirements to be a real estate professional, mm-hmm. um, be considered a real estate professional. Yeah. There's, there's some huge implications in there that changes the game. But, um, if you're, if you're there, I, I totally understand the difference between the stock investor and the real estate investor. I mean, one of them requires, I think one of them requires a lot of yourself in terms of management, dealing with people, evicting people. Um, it's a, it, sometimes it's personality. Um, you know, I, I'm really thankful that we've built the property management company that we have. We have an amazing property manager, mm-hmm. Erica Huey. She's like extremely organized, super on top of it. But you want to kill a deal, have some bad management. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's another that's another plug. Uh, so Kyle owns Arkansas Real Estate Group, and but we he also has a property management group inside of. Is it was it just called Arkansas mm-hmm. Real Estate yeah. Group property management, man- mm-hmm. management side, um, and they they do a really good job for me personally. All of the I can say to all of my clients, I, I say they say you know what do you have for management? And I go, well, the properties that we help our clients obtain as assets, we help them manage as well. It's a huge benefit. So, um, it is. And too, when he's out hunting for properties, it's one phone call to mm -hmm. just call her and be like, Hey, is this number realistic? Mm -hmm. And you can have that conversation right there on the spot, you know? And so, you know, we're we're, we're looking after 150 properties or so. So, I mean, it's a wide range of different properties from single family to multifamily, but it gives you a good baseline to be able to, help people make deals off of knowing what those numbers are and having real numbers. Yeah. Do you, when you personally look at investments, are you strictly residential? No, no, no. I I think, um, and I'll segue into this and give my, my business partner, uh, a thank you. Like, I mean, he was a big mentor to me, even, um, starting up Derek Lafargue. He, he, uh, they own Southern storage. Um, yeah. they're uh, just down from There's the office. A huge one in Prairie Grove. Yeah. It's out, uh, out off of highway 62. Yeah. Um, so it'll be opening up soon. Um, 
but yeah, he was, he was instrumental in expanding that. Um, no, so, so no, um, I don't, I, I don't try to stay residential. Yeah. Um, we try to diversify. He's, he's all, he's pretty much all commercial, um, with a few other things. So that's kind of, it's nice to, you know, kind of compliment each other in that area. Yeah. The cash flows, right? Yeah. I th- <laughs> yeah. And, and, and too, they're to be perfectly honest, they're two completely different investments. I mean, yeah. you have to plan differently. I mean, you start digging into commercial stuff and, um, you've got to know that you've got, um, tenant, tenant finish outs coming up in three to five years. And mm-hmm. so, you know, all of that, all of that money that you may see coming in today is not cream on the top. You've got to be able to save some of it for, for turnover in three to five years. And you got to be able to manage, you know, how things are growing and what your expectations are. It's, it's a different it's different, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely say one thing that I'm thankful for as, um, an agent in Arkansas real estate group. And this isn't just a full episode on, you know, how awesome Arkansas real estate group is, although they are awesome. (laughs) Um, I have learned a ton of, and this isn't a knock for my past brokerages at all. Like I was learning just residential and since switching over, I've learned a ton of commercial of how to, how to write commercial contracts, what, how to underwrite numbers, things I wouldn't have known before. And it is a whole different world, um, out there and how to manage those clients is completely different. Um, Kyle's been a huge help for, you know, he's been through some of the fire for, uh, commercial stuff. And so I'm able to go, I don't know what the heck's going on right now. And which is a lot of times and I need your help, (laughs) help me. Um, and so, Kyle does a really good job of that. And Derek as well. Derek's always. Yeah. And I would say to whoever's listening, like just if you're listening, we all need help. No, mm-hmm. nobody got where they're going by themselves. I don't care yeah. what they tell you, mm-hmm. you know, and you say, well, how, well make that make sense. When I first bought my first house, I didn't know if I'd be able to pay for it. And I, and I had a support system or my dad, he said, I think you should do it. If you don't, I can help, you know, for mm-hmm. this long, like that's a big deal. And, and so yeah, if you're listening and you're hearing these conversations, like they're hopefully to your benefit, but don't think anybody got here by themselves. They yeah, didn't. hundred percent. Like, I mean, there's, if you have somebody even just advice, like not even to, to help you out, if you get behind on the payment, like, Hey, can you, I know I could text anybody at this table and I have except Zach. I just met Zach a few weeks ago, but you need some money, uh, text some money, text just like, Hey, here's a spreadsheet that I'm looking at. Can you look this over? Like, yeah. Does this look good? What do you think? Tell me what I'm missing. Yeah. Come on. And And the more eyes that get on it, the better. That's been a a, a cool thing that I've enjoyed. And so listeners, all of us started a group chat probably a month or month and a half ago and we just started like just randomly shooting each other deals and underwriting underwriting stuff like us off the bat and it's it's nice to be able to go like hey what do you guys think of this and like i i think there was one deal i thought was amazing and everyone's like ah (laughs) here's why i think that and i'm like oh they're right shoot like i'm glad i got three other opinions in two seconds so my business partner and i we I mean, we agree on the functionality of a lot of deals, but, but we disagree on different elements of it sometimes, which is great. You know, you sit down, like we were talking about something the other day and he was like, Hey, you know, what am I missing? Cause this is not, it's not working, you know, and you sit down and you, you look at other avenues of it and it's like, you know, eventually got to the point where like, I don't think you're missing anything. Um, but Hmm just to be able to have some of those conversations and I bounce stuff off of him all the time or just having someone to do that, um, I think is important. Yeah, awesome. totally agree. Um, I'm going to get into our next question here. Where are we at? 44. So 
that you cover, you cover this a little bit, um, with your personal journey. Um, but I know a lot of listeners out there are going to be wondering like, what, what, you know, I got, I got 5,000 bucks in my bank account. You know, how can I invest in real estate or, um, I, I, I just don't see it happening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about finding somebody with money and learning, maybe learning the underwriting process and bringing you're you're not like necessarily selling something. You're just presenting opportunities to people and then maybe finding investors. But what would you say are some practical ways for someone to get in to real estate investing? And it could be house hacking too. Yeah. I, I mean, please say house hacking, dear God. It's like shameless plug for house hacking. Uh, yeah. No, I think, I think that house hacking is great. I think it, I, I, I mean, it's, if we're, if we're all sitting here at the table and I asked you how you got started, that's how you got started. Um, yeah. I think it, I think it is a big piece of it. I would say if you, if you're in that position, um, first of all, what I'm about to say is it is way harder not that I'm out investing hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm not, but it's way harder to invest 5,000 bucks than it is to invest 150,000 bucks. Yep. Way harder. Um, because your opportunities are limited. Um, but what I would say to the person who's, who has 5,000 bucks, rather than saying, I can't do this, ask yourself the question, how am I going to do this? And that may, that may involve you having conversations. Um, hopefully you're putting yourselves in rooms where you're not the smartest person, um, Mm -hmm. pretty frequently. That's, that, that's ideal. Um, but I would tell you while you have that money and while you're in that position, um, start learning the market. Like, I would hope at our office and our agents, they're equipped to do this. Um, I hope that you would find an agent that understands the ins and outs of real estates that, um, that you can lean on that person for more than a contract, um, or, or more than a CMA or whatever the case may be like that. So mm-hmm. I would tell you two things. I'd tell you one, um, never undervalue a relationship. There's opportunity with everyone that you meet. Um, I would expand your network. Um, I would immediately start learning the market that you think you want to get into. Um, and then I would ask yourself the most important question is how can I take what I have? Because, because if I would tell you, if you had the 5,000 bucks, the 5,000 bucks is not your biggest asset. It's not, it's not the money. It's you. Right. Right. So as, as you know, my dad would say, when you're 22 years old and you don't have any money, the best thing that you have to offer is you can work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. put the deal together, go show somebody else how they can make money, find somebody that can be a trusted partner, do all that. If you're with $5,000, you really, you shouldn't even spend, have to spend any of it to, yeah. to get into a real estate deal because that should be your, that should be your goal is how do I do this? Start asking yourself the question, how do I make other people money? Um, yeah. and I think just having that mindset of generosity in the first place is going to keep you from being held down. Um, you, you open the door to so many other people. It doesn't mean that all your deals have to be with someone else, but mm-hmm. you know, if you're trying to get a start and that's really where you're at, that's, that's what I would do. I've had, I've heard, um, especially the last couple of months, it may just, just be because I'm looking on Instagram too much and I am, but they'll say if you're in your twenties and you're, you know, if you're 20 to 29 and you got, you know, a little bit of money saved up, go, 
you know, instead of buying a, you shouldn't be buying any real estate. You should just be spending money on yourself and, and honing your skills and blah, 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 blah. What do you, what do you, courses and stuff? Yeah. Like buy, you know, these people are obviously trying to sell courses, but like there, there may be some truth to that, but like Kyle, what what do you think for like books? Yeah, I would, um, I would go to counseling. (laughs) (laughs) If uh, these people are obviously trying to get your money. uh, I say that, I say that, I say that kind of (laughs) tongue in cheek. Um, but Honestly, um, it's something that I do all the time. Um, my wife are actively and I, we actively, um, go to counseling and and you're sitting here, you're kind of going, all right, make this make sense. Um, (laughs) the, the number one, the the reason that that in itself can be so beneficial to you is you can figure out you, Mm -hmm. you can figure out what makes you tick and you can figure out what makes you do dumb stuff and you can figure out what drives you. Um, and you can figure out what's going to end up making you make an emotional bad decision um, in a real estate deal. And the more that you figure out you, um, the less salesy you get, the more, um, approachable, you know, that you become, um, I've heard you say you, 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 I think you said this is, uh, we're just going to say you said this, you, you stop being salesy and you just present opportunities. At that Absolutely. Point. I don't sell anything. Right. At our office. That's what we talk about. And you go, okay, well, we don't. We don't sell anything. We put together opportunities and invite people to the table and somebody's either going to want it or they're not. Yeah. But we're not going to beat your door down and go, we're going to show you how. And then after that happens two or three times, um, I have one investor that I can call today and say, I've got something for you. And he'd say, how much? And when's closing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I think that, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Hmm. Um, I am. Did, did you guys have any more questions for Kyle? I, I got a last point, but I like, got some off camera questions. About <laughs> I do. I do. Family. <laughs> I do want to ask this because I, we've, we've talked about this in a previous episode, but, I, and you talked a little bit about this in in the counseling piece, but how, how important it is it to have a great partner that is behind what you're doing in real estate or any is, type is it of needed? investing? You mean, you mean partners in like, Wife. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. oh yeah. gosh. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Opposite sex partner. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, first of all, I'll say my wife is amazing. Um, literally in every way, uh, because there, there comes a point in time where everybody has to pull their weight. Right. And, and it's not that you can't do this with anyone. Um, but it'll definitely affect the altitude of where you're trying to go. Because if you don't have, and in, to the man, in in the wife's defense, if, if you're the person, if you're the guy and you're bringing this thing to the table and, and you can't be the visionary to explain where this train is going, um, then you're probably not, you probably don't know it very well. Um, yeah, and sure. so I think that you have to make it make sense for everybody involved. I think um, my wife is very supportive. She knows that she knows what the end goal is. Uh, my wife looks at this as this is an investment for our family because the more that this happens, the more time I spend with my kids, mm-hmm. the more I I'm showing up to practice, you know, the more I'm doing this and that, and I'm, I'm, I'm being who I feel like God has called me to be to my family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at the end of the day, my favorite thing to do and our favorite thing to do is be generous. And so, that's really what it's about for us. I mean, it gives us opportunity to, um, to bring people along. It gives me an opportunity to step behind the generation behind me, bring them up. Uh, it gives us an opportunity to give in areas that we want to give in, um, all in hopes that if we're in that position, we'll, we'll get the same thing. 
Brandon, that was a great question. Was a I question. love that. And I, I think we, we could do it because it can stifle you too. That's for sure. <laughs> we can do a whole, we could do a whole episode on that as well. But I've, I found in my personal relationship with my wife where at first she really wasn't on board and it felt like I was, I was, and she'll, she'll even come on the podcast here and say this. It felt like I was battling a little bit, but the more knowledge I obtained and the more I explained it and I even put together Excel spreadsheets and <laughs> like felt like I was presenting in class like PowerPoints and yeah. here's the end goal. Once they start seeing the end goal and here's why we're doing this, the like why behind it, she was like I mean, just being honest, like I'm living in my parents' basement right now and she whole is wholeheartedly said, yes, let's do it because she sees this is the best move for our financial future to get us where we need to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think having the person behind like i I feel so supported Mm -hmm. by my wife um and it's it's really really important to have someone behind you and everybody here can agree to that we've we've even touched on it before well and two i think it's not always about money um Mm. you know it's easy for this conversation because of it is what it is the conversation's about money um but it's not that i mean make it clear to her um what does it give what is what is your investment and do you doing what you're doing how does that give a return back to the family Right. Because your kid, I have kids, you guys don't yet. My, my wife and my kids don't. It's not always the money that they made. It's my time. It's, uh, you know, the, you, you know, when you're out doing things that you maybe wish you hadn't, because if you would have gotten started younger, you may not be doing some of the late hour shifts that you're doing or whatever the case may be. Um, what is it that you're giving back to the family? Well, they give more quality time. They get, uh, their dad and their mom gets their, their spouse back. Um, I, I kind of jokingly said this off the air, but the hours between five 30 and seven 30 at the Atkins house are an absolute zoo. Um, you know, we're just trying to get to bedtime and you know, off to Katie. Right yeah, now. very much so. Yeah. Um, but, but it's the truth, you know, you're not, um, I, I, it, it you don't have to, maybe you don't have to be at the office. Maybe you can go for war zone, um, at home and you can be there. Like that's a huge help to your wife, uh, to be able to show up at home and just be a part of the nitty and gritty. And, and I I thought thought when you said war zone, I thought you were talking about call of duty. (laughs) Not a game, not go home and play call of duty. Not, 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 well, yeah. (laughs) Talk about my kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You're you're talking about kids. My wife does it in the case of like her motivation is vacations right now. So like the more real estate is sold or the more passive income we get, the more we get to take vacations. So that's our motivation. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure once we start having kids, it'll be like, all right, dad can, yeah, it's gonna be a, how many diapers can you change today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have, I, I'm going to say this on here. I've never changed a diaper in my life before. And it's good. Change my wife one. is, my wife is scared. And I got kicked off of the changing table because I was doing a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> I changed half a diaper. <laughs> it's more than me. It's more than me. Any more questions? Brandon? I got one more. Yeah. And then yeah. You can finish it. No, we're, we're, doing, um, we're doing great. I just kind of wrote this down as I was driving here at a stoplight, of course. Good. Um, but, <laughs> but for you, you know, I don't know what your portfolio looks like. Um, would love to hear about that later, but, um, where, where do you want to be in, in five years? Like what, what are you doing now to, to put you at where you want to be in five years? Personally or investing, uh, investing, and then would love to hear personal. <clears throat> well, I think they both go hand in hand. I mean, when I'm grown up, I hope I'm grown up. I know. I hope that I hope that I continue to develop as a person. Um, I hope I continue to uh, develop the qualities in life that I want for my family. And I hope that um, this is my perspective. It doesn't have to be everybody else's. Hope I continue to become more Christ-like, treat people like that. Um, 
and to uh, share the things that were shared with me that brought people along as far as investment goes. Um, I want to leave, I want, I want to start by the time I'm 40, I want to be working on my kids, kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to start, um, figuring out I'm moving. I want to move into a phase where I'm creating business structures for them, um, to where I am. I want to be in a place that when opportunities present themselves, when my kids are in junior high and high school, that I'm preparing to be able to do deals with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. To where they can do the management piece. They can, um, because real estate's hard. It's in, 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 in landlords. I mean, you get a bad rap, but I mean, when I was seven, eight, nine years old, I remember going with my dad to renters houses to drop bicycles from Walmart off for Christmas presents because he went by there to pick up rent every month and he knew that life was hard and he knew he and my mom, um, like that's real life. Yeah. Those, those are, those are also things that come with this, um, to when you're looking at situations like that. So those are things that I want to bring my kids along for. And so, um, yeah, I mean, really ultimately I, I want to continue to invest. Um, if, if you're looking for like a portfolio number or something, I don't, I don't know that I really have that, but those are the qualities and those are the, the, this next steps that I want to take to be able to start sharing this side of my life with my kids, um, and kind of helping them along in that process. Great answer. Awesome. Really good. Great answer. So we'll wrap this up with um, how do you think the the Razorback Hogs are, uh, in baseball, are going to do in baseball this year? Like what's what's, always what's your prediction? They're going to kill it. I mean, <laughs> you heard of this town called Omaha, Nebraska? Uh, Omaha. Yeah. yeah, they probably will. Um, no, I, I I think that they'll do well. Um, they've got a lot of a lot of young or a lot of new talent. I mean, I think I think was this question genuine? Like, do you really want to know what I think? Or? I do want to oh, know. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I had to I've check because I'm thinking. Kyle. Okay, all right. Because um, I'm sitting here like going into some analytical <laughs> approach. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, no, I think they'll do well. Um, I, I, I mean, I think Coach Van Horn is he's he's one of the best in the business for a reason. I mean, he's a. He's a, a, he's a business guy, like in terms of how he runs things, he, he treats things like a, a general manager. Um, and that's why they end up in the positions that he does. Cause he's a, he's a visionary. He sees things from 30,000 feet. He knows how to bring young guys along and also, um, give older guys an opportunity to fall on their face. You know, it's, it, it, they, which is why at the end of the year they end up, you know, they're going to lose some games in the middle of the you know, take a skid, uh, there in the middle of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're going to find their ways back because, um, that's what they do. That's kind of who he is as a coach. Um, he's been there. He's kind of, he's battle tested and yeah, I mean, there's a reason they've been to Omaha, what, six of the last 12 years. Mm -hmm. That's, that's one every two. That's pretty good. Pretty darn good. Yeah. Pretty darn good. Well, that's going to conclude episode seven, I believe. And, uh, thanks for tuning in to Northwest Arkansas investors. We hope to catch you on the next episode. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle, for coming in. Thanks for having me. Where, where can they find you, Kyle? Can you tell them where, where to find you? On yeah. Um, or whatever. Yeah. You can find me, uh, some days at 2211 main drive, uh, <laughs> occasionally when I go to the office. No. Um, yeah, I'm typically more active. Um, I'm old as, as I mentioned earlier, so I'm, I'm still on Facebook. Um, and then if you have a specific question or something that you want to ask, I'm usually most accessible through Instagram. That's at Kyle Atkins real estate. Um, so if I can answer questions for you, I'd be happy to do that. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in.